Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tiantian. Now we'll talk all about semiconductor manufacturers today, as the industry continues to face a number of headwinds, including a pandemic-induced supply shortage. Now, according to Auto Forecast Solutions, almost 18 million vehicles have been removed from production plants by the end of 2023 since the chip shortage started, and with the U.S.-China geopolitical tensions at the top of minds of industry players, how would that reshape the global supply chain for semicon chips as companies adopt more onshoring and frontshoring of supply chains? What is then the impact on Singapore's semiconductor manufacturers? Well, let's pose these questions to our guest, who is from Global Foundries, one of the world's leading semi. Conductor manufacturers with a footprint spanning the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Tan Yu Kong, senior vice president and general managers of Global Foundries Singapore, joins us. Yu Kong, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tian Tian.、Uh, thank you for inviting、uh, us to、uh, Money FM. Happy to、uh, share my know-how with everybody. Great to have you on as well. And Yu Kong, we want to hear from you. Tell us more about Global Foundries' business model and how you position yourself in the semicon manufacturing industry. Global Foundries is the second largest pure play foundry,、uh, with a global footprint across three continents: be it Singapore, US, and Europe. We specialize in high volume, high product mix manufacturing using purpose-built, feature-rich technology. We produce a diverse end market、uh, products for them, ranging from mobile devices, 5G, automotive. Internet of Things, connectivity, and many other applications, which is actually fast growing in the world as the world becomes more digitalized. We focus on seventy percent of the market share, whereby it uses the more mature node. Particularly in GF, we are focusing on twelve nanometer and above, and in Singapore side is forty nanometer and above. And if you may ask me, what is forty nanometer、uh, for everybody to understand? I would reference that to our hair. That is about two thousand five hundred times bigger than the lines that we printed on the circuit for the product of forty nanometer. So that's how small、wow. that we are talking about.、Okay. And Global Foundry actually grew our business, especially in twenty twenty two. We grew actually twenty three percent to eight point one billion. Uh, for GF, we have a lot of record、uh, gross margin and net income as well. In fact, in Singapore right, right. side, we are responsible to one third of the、uh, revenue. So our model in terms of business, we always do our expansion model based on public and private partnership. And in Singapore, particularly, we partner very closely with EDB. We do not build capacity waiting for customer to patronize. We Actually, work closely with customer if you want it together, commit, and we build the capacity together. Right, and I want to talk about Global Foundries' business in Singapore. You call which part of the value chain is the Singapore office focused on? Well, in Singapore, we actually have、uh, both two hundred millimeter factories as well as three hundred millimeter factories.、Um, If if you go back to the history of the Singapore side Global Foundries,、uh, the former Body was actually chartered semiconductor, so we have been around for more than thirty years. And、uh, charter was acquired by Global Foundry in twenty o nine, and we are responsible to one third of revenue today. And one of the reason why 
Global Foundry acquire Chartered Semiconductor was the fact that we were a pure play foundry. We have always been that. So we have collected a lot of uh, experience and the people with the know-how to support this business. And in fact, mm. in June 2021, when we were still under COVID, we actually ground broke to start building a new plant called 7H. And that, that is a plant which is about $4 billion USD. Mm. Uh, in fact, it's the first company that announced that during a COVID. I'm proud to say that, you know, we actually built that, the shell in one year during mm-hmm. COVID. And we actually started to move in our first two in a year, uh, last year, June. Mm. This plant, when fully ramp up, is going to add about a thousand jobs, a highly skilled job to the local workforce. And we are going to provide BCD product, RF, analog power to the customer that's needed it. And Yukon, let's talk about perhaps the demand for semiconductor chips. We've seen a, a protracted shortage entering into 2022, but to what extent has that eased up this year? Our business is actually very cyclical in nature. So obviously, yeah. we all know the story, right? During COVID, when everybody starts to, to react by like having to work from home, stay at home, suddenly there was a big surge that we need. Uh, in fact, there are two perp- two things that's happened in the COVID, right? Number one mm-hmm. is that people start to recognize the semiconductor industry again. Yeah. Although it has actually quietly behind the scene, very pervasively changed our life, but we took it for granted that someday, somehow, somebody is going to do something and produce something and we can use it conveniently. So it took the COVID-19 to get everybody to realize that this is not just a given. With the uh, correction today that you hear, it's a pretty good cyclical things that, you know, one thing that you, if you study the trend of the semiconductor, it is always going to go up and down due to inventory correction. But even though after you correct, it comes back up, it will grow some more. Mm. So in terms of the supply side of things, is production able to keep up with demand right now uh, amid the correction that we're seeing going on in the industry? Well, it's a mix uh, back there in a sense that Mm. definitely correction is happening. Uh, But because in Singapore and in GF, we actually run a very wide portfolio of product. For Mm. instance, uh, we see softening in mobile. But on the other hand, automotive chip is ramping and they keep asking for more. And we are trying to solution as much as we can to help customers to supply to them for their needs. And this actually helped us a lot because uh, if we had just been a PC-intensive producer, uh, we will be in a lot of trouble today. Right. And Yukon, let's talk about the uh, ongoing US-China tensions. How do you think that has complicated things so far and how would the tensions then uh, affect the export of chips, particularly those that are of lower specifications like 4G chips that cannot be used for 5G? We play in a mature technology. In other words, we do not go into 7 nanometer, 3 nanometer. We are mm. doing 12 nanometer and more. So right. those are more pervasive market as well as more focusing on feature rich and there is lesser restriction um, to mm. export those. So that is a plus point for global foundries. Um, of course, our customer has to deal with that because they are supplying both high-end as well as mid mid-range or even lower technology like 12 nanometer and, and bigger. So they are they are reacting and of course we've been partnering our supply chain to our customer. We are trying our best to support them by moving the corridors around in terms of more mobile, 
uh, or less mobile, more automotive in order to supply the needs for them. So in a way, I would say that definitely it does impact a little bit and probably cause a little bit of inconvenience. Uh, but I think that is just the way the world function today and we just continue to work through it and then uh, mm. I think so far so good we are able to uh, to function pretty well. And uh, let's talk about the reshaping of the global supply chain for semiconductor chips Yukong. S&P Global Market Intelligence said Taiwan, South Korea, Japan and mainland China accounted for over 70% of global semiconductor production in 2020. How do you think that would change amid the geopolitical dynamics and will we see a shift and production to Japan and South Korea with more near-shoring and friend-shoring of supply chains? With these geopolitical changes, um, people are now more mindful about having the global supply chains to be more closer to home. Uh, But nonetheless, you can't change this overnight. Like I said before, this industry is a very big capital industry as well as the know-how is not something that you can flip the switch and then you can get it turned on. So it it requires... uh, decades of learning as well as training up people, the relevant people to do that. Uh, definitely, you hear a lot of about the US chipset, the uh, Europe chipset. They are all trying to uh, attract investors to, to build capacity, to build the uh, manufacturing in the shore then of their, them closer to them. But they also recognize that uh, this is something that you can't fill it up in your own country alone. So you still need to engage a lot of uh, uh, foreign uh, locations, uh, which is why you hear that um, uh, people are coming in to visit uh, Singapore, to visit Vietnam and trying to explore what other supply chain can supply from ingredients to chemicals to gases and so on and so forth. So this is something definitely there will be a slight change, but will it change overnight or it's going to take decades to even transform that to a little bit more balanced? I think that that is definitely a take time. But nonetheless, Singapore, uh, being Singapore is a small country. Uh, we, we don't have that kind of big financial uh, a power like the big the continents, but we will definitely have our fair share um, of the semiconductor industry. Uh, as long as our government continue to be interested, which they have been, uh, if you hear uh, Singapore current uh, accounts mm-hmm. for about 5% of the uh, global wafer uh, FAP uh, output, mm-hmm. and that is definitely going to increase uh, uh, as we go. And in 2022, if you, if you, if you, if you check the, the, what EDB has shared also that, you know, uh, in, in 2022, uh, there was a record $22.5 billion on fixed asset investment commitment, right, uh, in the unprecedented semiconductor uh, super cycle. Uh, we will continue, I think the country will continue to attract uh, people to invest as well as expand uh, the business here so that we continue to get a fair share. And with that, uh, hopefully, uh, which is in line with Singapore's uh, plan is to the ten years plan is to grow our manufacturing food uh, by fifty percent mm. uh, by twenty thirty, right? So GF continue to play a major role, right, and also an enabler mm. for the semiconductor uh, industrial ecosystem. Well, speaking of the ecosystem, uh, Yukong, a report by Vantage Market Research estimates that the global semiconductor market will reach. 712 billion US dollars by 2028. Do you agree with that assessment? We have always been a strong believer that, you know, the market is going to grow to a trillion dollar in the next eight to 10 years, which is why uh, our CEO and the leadership took a very bold stand to build 
the 7H plant in Singapore. Our position of growing the business is continue to grow it in all the areas as long as we have customers who needed it, as well as close partnership if the customer and the local government, we will continue to build that to support. Because as it is today, uh, the capacity in the world is not, not enough to build a $1 billion industry, that's for sure. So that is going to be something that you have to grow it and it mm. takes time. Uh, but I think that is where Global Foundry will, will be in the right place to grow our business together with the industry. Right. And finally, before we let you go, uh, Yukong, GM has signed an exclusive supplier agreement with Global Foundries to establish exclusive production of US-produced semiconductor chips. How important are such partnerships for the company? And back home in Singapore, what are some of your plans? Anything to share with us at this point? Having a long-term agreement, that was one of the uh, foundations that we built capacity for our customer desk to have long-term uh, agreement. Uh, this GM deal actually is the first of its kind uh, because we, GM is a customer's customer. Uh, so they are the car maker and then they wanted to secure supply chain sec security. So they, they work with G GF to do that. And this marked a first of a kind uh, whereby they secure capacity so that they can load us with whoever they want the supplier to manufacturing the chips, right? So that is that is a, a, a background of this GM deal, which is very important for GFs. Uh, for Singapore, same thing. Uh, we actually have our automotive business as well. So having this precedence is also meaning that we are going to have customers who are interested or downstream automakers who are interested to also secure the capacity in Singapore. Thank you very much, Yukong. That was Tan Yukong, Senior Vice President and General Manager at Global Foundry Singapore. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.